That should record, yeah. I'm gonna, I want to turn you up a little bit, because turn me up a little bit. I, I can't hear you through my headphones. Well, oh, but you're not speaking into the mic, duh. All right, yeah. This guy. <laughs> this guy! This guy, Mr. Jake Cobrin! Uh, welcome. Thanks. Welcome, uh, welcome everyone back to, uh, Real Talk Stories, live from Bali, where everyone's got a story. Uh, we're here with Mr. Jake, and actually the tables have turned, because Mr. Jake Coburn here actually has a podcast of his own, which I'm sure he will, uh, not subtly mention during our, our long and Um, so yeah, so do you want a coconut or anything before we get started? I like to offer coconuts. Do you want a coconut or are you good with the, um... I'm good with this Kratom coffee drink. Kratom, we can say that. So we are in Indonesia. As you guys know, we're in Bali. Uh, illegal drugs are very illegal. Do not do drugs here, kitties. You can literally get decapitated. Is that what they, how they do it? Or is it firing squad? Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, I've heard that there's death penalties for... Wow, well, how is it done? Do you know? Do you know the... the, the what I it, think it's it? firing squad, from what I've heard, which is pretty brutal. Kratom's still legal in the United States, though. How do they kill... Hold on one second, guys. I, I just want to... Before we get started, let's look it up. Uh, how do they kill people? Death penalty... This is like a solid warming up topic, you know, you want to get people... Totally, it's lighthearted. Lighthearted, you know. Uh, prisoners are woken up in the middle of the night and taken to remote and undisclosed locations and executed by a uh, firing squad. Hmm. Nice. So, um... They're just like, you just, you yeah, just sleep, like, you just, you just yeah, relax. One night, one we'll night. come and get you. Um, we, we won't tell you what night it's going to be. The method has been used since 1964. Uh, the prisoner states their final request, which the prosecutor may grant when deemed feasible, um, as long as it does not obstruct the execution practice. So, like, that makes me feel like America is a bunch of, like, like, we're a little soft around the edges, right? Like, we're like, so what do you want for your last meal? Okay, here's your lobster and your, uh, your strawberry daiquiri, um, and your waffle with your maple syrup. And here they're just like, yeah, we'll wake you up in the middle of the night, take you to undisclosed location, and shoot you in the head with firing squad multiple shots. That's Duh. how you do it. Yeah. Um, they do it right here. So that being said, this is not the place to do drugs. You do not want to do drugs here unless you want to get taken to a prison and woken up in the middle of the night and uh, executed by firing squad at undisclosed location. However, Kratom, Kratom, Crotch, Kratom, Kratom, Kratom is Kratom is a is a is an Indonesian. It's Thai, actually. It's a Thai. It's a Thai plant that grows in Indonesia, that you're allowed to. It's legal. You can just buy it at the shop and make it into drinks. And it has um, a um. Hold on, let me see. Mm, has a a decent taste. Jake uh, was no, saying. No, it doesn't. Dude, you're it tastes lying. earthy. You don't like You don't like earth. I think in this like context, the, the earth. The the coffee's masking the taste, but it tastes horrible, mm. man. Mm. It tastes like a matcha. Green tea latte from Starbucks. It's the coffee. With coconut milk. You know, this would be like 20 bucks in the States. This cost us here about 20 cents. The price difference, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're drinking Kratom, and I thought that would be enough, but I figured I'd offer you a coconut as customary that I do for, for I guests. I already had one. I'm good. 
You already had one. Uh, that was just to like loosen you up um, for the conversation. Um, well, yeah. Uh, so you've got a podcast. So I figure, you know, um, you're you can just um, ask yourself uh, <laughs> the questions <laughs> and answer yourself, and I can just uh, silently observe and take notes. Just kidding. This is not a this is not a psychological evaluation, Jake. It's okay. You're fine. Is this part Every, of the intimidation process before the execution? Before I wake up in the middle of the night. You just sleep. You just so, you just rest. Okay, so let's um let's let's do an intro. Let's let's introduce Jake. Uh, Jake is a uh, human being. Uh, he's a painter. I think he's known most for his paintings. Um, Correct. And he also is a tattoo artist. So he's an artist of, of many of. many different. Many different. I'm not really tattooing right now, so it's hard to say if I'm a tattoo artist currently. Currently, I so have been in so past incarnations. So he has in, in past reincarnations of the current <laughs> incarnation. He's has been a tattoo artist and a painter, and a podcaster. Is that the big three? Is there? Am I missing? Uh, I'm also a DJ and musician. Yeah. Jeez. I so write when, also sometimes. I'm a teacher. Of teach art, things. creativity. Of okay, all right. Like so, what's your uh, what's your pod? What's do you want to give a shout out to your podcast before? Well, I started my podcast at the in April, kind of at the beginning of this whole COVID situation, when people were going into lockdown, and it was an interesting opportunity to be able to speak to people that I was interested in and fascinated by. So, I reached out initially to a lot of my artist tribe friends, people that I knew through you know visionary art world. Uh, but I've, it's evolved into me having the opportunity to speak to a lot of really fascinating people and, uh, you know, authors and uh, musicians, doctors, psychologists, all kinds of interesting people. Uh, it's just it's it's part of me being able to fulfill my curiosity to dive more deeply into subjects in, in regards to the people that I interview. I've read you know, if they've written books, they're generally people I've I've read before, and I have deeper questions about their content and things like that. You know, if they're artists, friends, or people I've known in the past that I know are are interesting and people I want to dive deeper on. So, if someone, how many how many episodes have do you have you? I've recorded fifty three episodes so far, but I'm starting to I'm I'm phasing them out. So I've got about thirty out so far. So you have thirty episodes out, and the yeah. name of the podcast is the Quarantine Sessions. With oh, Jake Coburn. Appropriate. Yeah. Um. So, that's a working title, and I, I'm, I expect that we're, we're change. all, we're all, we're, we're all a working title. <laughs> life, life is a wor- working title. Um. So if someone doesn't want to, and they're all a few hours long. I imagine so you probably got like. They're 60, anywhere from one to three hours, depending on. Yeah. The guest so here. you've got approximately a hundred hours released so far. So About, yeah. If someone, you know, I don't want to discourage people from going and checking out, uh, the quarantine sessions with Jake Coburn check those out uh also people are busy and probably aren't going to listen to all 100 hours so if you were if you if you were to like summarize like the biggest lessons you've learned like basically what i want to know is like i want to boil it all down i want to like make a really potent like nugget of mm. of knowledge from mm. right first you read all these books and listen to these you know, artists, this is music, or, you know, read their books, whatever it is. And then, you know, that each one of those probably took hours. And then you had a conversation with them, which is already sort of starting to boil it down. And then from that conversation, you probably took 
however much information, which boiled it down further. And now I want you to even just the like ultra dense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the pure. Yeah, I want the, the pure. Puro. Yeah, the puro information. Well, you know, like I've spoken a lot about creativity because I've been speaking to mostly artists, and I think that some of the core themes that seem to be touched upon throughout the episodes are the relationship between creativity and courage and how fear or resistance is an aspect that creative people face and struggle with and battle with. And also how being of service to something higher, having a vision that is of service to the world or to your community is sort of the thing that seems to generate the purest and highest quality of creativity. So those are some of the themes that seem to be recurrent because I've been speaking to a lot of artists who have kind of have shared similar sentiments. And fear, would you say that's more of a sort of a block and a discourager or more of sort of an encourager and a motivator? I think it's both. I think that experienced creative people fear is get, strong. Yeah, they get off on that because they know that the more kind of resistance or fear a creative project brings up, that means that it's going to be more rewarding and more exciting. But I think that for people who are starting to get into creative endeavors, and I've been working a lot with people recently who are kind of starting out on their creative paths, that that resistance or that fear can really be a significant block for people. So being able to sort of accept your fear and embrace it without having it debilitate you can yeah. be a really potent mix. Right, like being able to look at it, being able to engage with it, but to move forward. How do you regardless. engage your fears? Well, I let the discomfort. Do you have fears? Of course. Okay, of so course I do. You... I mean, I allow for the discomfort to arise, and I try to uh, have the willpower to be able to move through it with still feeling the fear or the discomfort, you know? So it's like still taking action regardless. Why do you fear? What do you have to fear? Well, it's not like fear, but it's. Well, you said it was fear. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to water down. We're going concentrate, not water down. I think fear is the emotional t timber of resistance, and that's what I'm speaking about. Resistance. You know, do I experience resistance? Sure, but I think that that, as I've sort of concluded from a lot of interviews with a lot of amazing creative people, that that's that's an aspect. I think I have significantly less fear than most people, and that that certain experiences that I've had have engendered me with a kind of a sort of unshakable faith. And well, you also probably have a lot less to fear, Jake. I mean. You're yeah. like a fairly healthy, decent-looking, relatively relatively charismatic dude that lives on a tropical island paradise in a beautiful house and gets to do whatever he wants in the pretty much in the, in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, that's true. So, do you think that you would be as calm and as uh, fearless if you were, say, living in you know Philadelphia right now, where all the shops are burned up and everybody's freaking out, or does you think it's you know? Like, I, I, that's got to do at least a little bit to your environment. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm not discounting the influence of environment on people's stress levels and things like that. I'm not sure I'd have to be in that situation to see how I'd respond, you know. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just comparing myself to myself, right? And based on how I used to respond to circumstances or the level of anxiety that I would have when challenging circumstances would arise in my life, you know, so based saying, on how I, how I ex react to them now. So you're, you're able to embrace the fear without having the anxiety that often accompanies. Right, or if there's anxiety, I have kind of like inner resources to be able to work through it now. And that's one of the big lessons that you've, you've learned from the podcast and from speaking with the artists, 
it's, it, it seems to be a qu- a quality that's common amongst highly successful creative boom, people. Boom, number yeah. one. Boom, right there. We got number one is being able to embrace fear and accept it without the anxiety that comes with it that, so that it doesn't debilitate you and instead it motivates you. Right, okay. or at least having the inner resources to be able to work through anxiety number and not two. let it stop you. Number two, these are interesting questions, man. I appreciate it. Um, I don't even remember what the question was anymore. I just remember we just did number one, so we're doing number two. I'm <laughs> you, a numbers you guy. You asked me what like the main, the lessons, yeah, the boiling. Main, the main lessons were. The main the lessons in the over 100 hours of intimate conversations. Okay, so the second one that I I said yeah. was how being of service to a higher vision seems to engender powerful creative works, right? And that doesn't have to be necessarily restricted to Jesus or Muhammad or... No, it can be being in service of your community. It can be in being a service of, you know, some sort of cause that you supported. But what doesn't seem to engender, you know, very powerful creative works is, is self-service. Why? You know, at, at the Aren't we all an equal part of existence? Can't you serve yourself? I mean... Of course, yeah, and you should... I think that just not to the point of uh, debilitating narcissism, or right, right. It's just that. Well, the people that I've interviewed from my podcast and their experience, it seems that some there's extra help or or extra momentum that lends itself towards inspiring creative work when you're of service to something that is larger than yourself that you might be included in. So it's not to say that. The, the creative project is not in service of you as well, but that you're an aspect of something larger, you know? And I think that if you look at things historically as well, that's, that's often true. So basically what you're saying is number two is the um, acknowledgement of being in service and dedicating yourself passionately um, in the name of that service to some sort of higher power other than self. Right, which you are often a part of. It's not like it's it's not like it cancels is, you is, out. Is that so like could be Lucifer? Sure. Could be Lucifer. Could be Jesus. Could be Jesus. Could be America. Could be America. Yeah. Could be, uh, could be the world. Could be yeah. the human family. Could be your family. Could be your community. So could be the universe. Anyone or anything externally. Well, externally yeah, and not totally just discluding you from that process, but you know, obviously you're the one expressing the whatever they, the art, our artistic outlet is manifesting as. Yeah, it seems that the more other-centered a creative work is, the more inspiring it happens to be, and generally right. the more inspiration the the artist also is in creating that work. Okay, I, th- I think I think I got it. So we got number one is how to accept fear and embrace it without it becoming debilitating through getting anxiety from that fear. And number two is dedicating your work to some sort of quote-unquote higher power. Those are core themes, yeah. All right. Are we... Is there a number three? Or are we just going to stick with uh, fear and, and dedicate it to, uh, uh, fear with embracing play, play and spontaneity have also been mm. core themes. It seems to me that the holy trinity. Oh, and, and curiosity is also another. Wait, big wait, 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 wait. That's curiosity. That's four, right? 
We're still let's let's still we're still on three. I think we're still the the okay. spontaneity right. isn't that is that three? Playing spontaneity, yeah. The ability to be kind of like uncensored, unrehearsed, and to express yourself authentically in the moment. That seems to be one of the qualities that these epic creative people that I've had the chance to talk to seem to embody. Okay, so embracing fear and accepting it without the anxiety that often accompanies it. Uh, dedicating your work to um, the passion pursuit for passion pursuit of your work, dedicating it to a higher power. Uh, three, play and spontaneity, being in the moment. And four is curiosity. Curiosity, yeah. And I think curiosity is also the antidote to fear in a lot of ways, you know, because you're not focused on what you think is going to happen. You're open to the possibilities of what may happen. You don't know what's going to like happen. Like you on your man retreat. I am, yes, I'm curious about the, the men's medicine retreat that I'm going to be partaking in this uh, weekend. I was, I was telling Jake that he's going he's gonna, to, you know, he's supposed to be open there. He's going to be getting some, some massages and they'll just, you know, as long as it's just like a massage of the cheeks, <laughs> the outer cheeks and nothing more that it's going to be. I was invited by a good friend to an all men's medicine retreat in North Bali this weekend and... Yeah, I was in deliberation about whether or not to do it. I decided. So if to you do like uh, lots of testosterone, I don't like. And lots being of surrounded by it, and being told while surrounded by lots of testosterone <laughs> to just relax. Being totally high, surrounded and flow, by testosterone. And flow and flow uh, and flow, and just f go with the flow and just relax <laughs> and enjoy. Yeah, these um, were these were like the kind of thoughts that came up when I was like, do I want to do this? I don't know. This is, uh, yeah, not really like, but that's why I'm doing it though, because it is out of my comfort zone and I'm there, trying to stretch myself. Was there a uh, was there a fifth one, or are we leaving it with four? I mean, four is a nice number. It's four, solid, I, stable. Dude, four solid, bro. Five's also a nice number. Five's not. You don't like five? No. It's true. You know, like in the tarot five decks, is like the five cards suck. Five is like the worst. I mean, when you okay, technically there's only. 10 numbers there's zero one two three four five six seven eight and nine there's no other number every other number is like a combination of numbers so it's mm -hmm. actually not a number it's numbers right right like 27 is not a number right it's numbers True. it's a two and a seven okay so and um, it's a nine what it's a nine well it's a two and a seven but anyways <laughs> you know oh it adds up and he's nine yeah yeah but that's adding up so anyways just as that's they how are, numerology works though yeah, but a man and a woman that have sex and create a child, that child is not a man-woman. No. Nope. That child is either a man or a woman. Right. Not any of the other subcategories. This is a controversial subject. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Um, all right. But I, I want to put, put a bow... You know, I want to put a bow on on what we were, what we were talking about before we get into, uh, you know... Bisexuality in your men's <laughs> retreat. <laughs> Is that what <laughs> we're talking about? The different gender subcategories. <laughs> oh god. Um, so so what? One of the the four main takes because I, I want people out there. Look at people have busy lives, and if they're not busy lives, they got short life spans. <laughs> and people like to just have like, okay, what is the takeaway? Like, what can? How quickly can I learn something that'll benefit my life the most? Right? They want uh -huh. like the they want the least amount of commitment for the most amount of reward, and Instead of listening to 100 hours of podcasts, not to discourage people from listening to your dialogues, because I'm sure the dialogues on quarantine sessions with Jake Coburn is awesome. I'm just saying, for those of you, for those 
people out there that aren't going to listen to 100 hours of it and they want just the little nuggets, the you would summarize as the four the four main ingredients and the four sort of predominant lessons you've learned from your hours of discussions with these amazing people and successful artists is embrace the fear, use it as a motivation motivator, but don't don't let it debilitate you, you know, don't don't get debilitating anxiety from that fear. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay, accept the fear. But just don't, you know. Two, that was one, right? That was one, okay. yep. Two, the uh, servitude in the service of God or a higher power or a greater good other than self, yeah. whether that's uh, country, community, uh, you know, divine presence, whatever that may be. Right. Servitude, okay? Yeah. So one is embracing fear without it being debilitating. Two is uh, uh, being in servitude. Um, uh, three was spontaneity and play i think and which is essentially spontaneity and play is the embracing of the moment right being present okay so you've got the uh the accepting fear without let it being uh debil- without having the debility anxi- deb- deb- debilitating anxiety that often comes with it two was the servitude yeah. being in service three was the spontaneity of living in the moment and four was the curiosity mm-hmm yeah. And that's those are the four we're going to go with, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys if you're going to take anything away from this, just take that and 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 be free and create your art. And now let's get back to talking about Jake's little man retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Not this little man or big man or just man. Man. The man and the retreat. And he's having some reservations, but he's not. He's going to go. We'll see, yeah. When is it? It's It starts on Friday. What's today? Wednesday. Oh, uh, today so is... So I, I still have time to flake t- out on it. Today is also the day after the election in America, which we're not going to talk about. Because, you know, we're just not going to get into it right now. But the United States of America, uh, which is the country that Jake and I are both from, had a pretty big election uh technically yesterday now because we're a day ahead and nobody knows who won <laughs> nobody knows who won nobody knows mm-hmm. there's a it's a mystery who won um so that happened yesterday on the tuesday today is the wednesday and then thursday and then friday will be the men's retreat and it's on a mountain it's actually at a beautiful eco resort center that's in Munduk, so it's like North Bali. It's all rainforest and it's gorgeous. I've been there before. Now, why is there no women allowed? I don't know. I think, I don't know. Occasionally, there are these types of retreats or gathering that are like the the idea that in tribal communities men would get together and only men would get together and they would talk about their role in their communities and stuff like that. I don't know. And I've always had aversion towards those types of things. Like I've been to a couple men's retreats and, or not men's retreats, but I've been to like men's circles. It's not my thing really. You know, generally I prefer to hang out with women actually, but it's like a, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not my thing. Generally so speaking. It, but it's an intimate weekend of men. <laughs> That is one way to put it, yeah. I mean, what's another way to put it? You could say it's community building with the men of of the Bali community. The men, the the, the, uh, with the, the men man of the tribe. tribe. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the intention. Now, is there, a, is there a is there a is there 
is there a concurrent uh, women's like sister circle? Sure. Yeah. There's but tons not of don't that we stuff. don't call it sister circle, right? Because sister circle was that like weird pyramid scheme thing that happened. There are a few t- years ago. There are tons of women only things. Wasn't there like that weird? What was that? Women's. You circles. remember that thing? What was that thing that happened in America? Yeah, with, of like, It was like a Ponzi scheme. Like, what was it called? It was called, like, S- Sister Circle? Yeah, like the pyramid scheme thing, yeah. Can you t- mention that? Can you just talk about that for, like, one second? Because I want people to be aware of that. I'm not really sure what was going on, but it's kind of like one of these things where you have to donate a certain amount of money, and it goes around the circle, and eventually you're going to get your money back, you know? But, you know, it would end up serving whoever organized it, and it was it was a scam. And a lot of people lost a lot of money because of it. Well, a lot of women. A lot of women. Yeah. But it was it's also a thing within... <laughs> and a lot of men that got talked into giving women money <laughs> to be a part of the sister circle. Yeah. <laughs> but I know it's something that it's still around. I occasionally get invited to stuff like that. I'm just... Sister circles? <laughs> of well, money? Sister, sister, sister circle Ponzi schemes? To giving circles. Oh! Giving circles. Oh, giving circle. Giving so circles. men and women can both give. Giving circles. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, if you go to the men's retreat and someone says they want to give you a circle, <laughs> <laughs> I advise. Well, you know, what's the lesson there though? This is be open, right, and accepting at the men's circle. What, so <laughs> wait, hold on. The four lessons are embrace the fear. It's true. Yeah, no, those lessons apply, right? They yeah. Do. Yeah. And be spontaneous. Yeah. They, and what was, was the fourth one? Uh, curious. Be, curi- be, be curious. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> be curious, right? <laughs> oh. So as long as you have those four lessons, it's okay to get a circle in a giving circle. As You know, you, you know and actually, you know, when, like, I, I'm a bit homophobic myself. Okay, so, you know, that's just, and, you know, I'm not going to defend suit that. Suit yourself? What's that? I said suit yourself. Well, it's just like, you know, I'm from Hollywood, and I've got, like, a ton of, like, super gay friends there. And I don't mean, you know, like, just casually gay. I mean, like, they're like, yo, like, let me suck your dick. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't give you fucking some head. And I'm like, well, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want any, want any head from you. Why not? Well, you're a dude, and I'm not into doing sexual stuff with men. Well, it's just a little dick suck. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not gay. It's not gay. What do you mean it's not gay? You're it's, a dude, I'm a dude. It's kind of gay. It's kind of gay. But then it'll be like, oh, don't put labels on it. It's all good. Just go with the flow. So, you know, that's made me a little bit homophobic because I'm like, dude. That's I- a different kind of men's circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that, like, it prevents me from getting completely comfortable around, like, a bunch of men and being intimate with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know if my discomfort of being amongst guys like that and only guys is a homophobic thing. Like, I'm not sure if that's what that, because I don't think that's, like, that's not the intention of this gathering at all, nor is that, like, the vibe. It's no. not, like, sensual, like, we're going to be taking, you know, plant medicine, so. Um, no, there won't be, I mean, there's not a lot of physical contact, right? There should be very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally, yeah. That's totally, that's totally. Except for like bro hugs, like long, deep, inhale, exhale. Heart, 
heart to heart. Heart to heart. heart, to heart yeah, for those of you out there that don't know, that aren't in uh, the quote unquote, I guess, the conscious circles, conscious uh, circles uh, of society, the heart hug is what it sounds like. So. When you go to hug somebody, and I, I don't know where you are in the world right now, or if you're practicing social distancing. I know most of the world right now is like, you're not even like, people aren't even looking each other in the eyes, and they're wearing masks, and they're staying like six feet away from it. Yeah, I heard you can get coronavirus just by looking somebody in the eye now. It's like jumped. It's, it's evolved. Apparently, it lingers in the air for up to an hour. Yeah, and it, it's so, transmitted through <laughs> eye contact, I hear. Uh, but only if the eye contact is a genuine human connection. If it's, oh, fuck. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. If you're wearing Google Glass... Then okay. the Google Glass, there's an app that actually prevents you from having that human connection, and then so you won't get COVID. Okay. No, but I don't want to spread fake news. What I'm saying, this is real. Most people in the world are socially distancing right now. They are. Yeah, They're staying six feet apart. Sure. They're not looking at each other's eyes. But if you're in a place We're where, less than six feet apart right now, bro. Yeah, but we're in Bali. It's... The rules don't apply. Okay. So, I mean, dude, Bali is like filled with things that aren't happening normally in the world right now i mean for sure like three Thank days God. ago i was at a halloween party and i was playing like chess with lifetime play life-size chess pieces cool with a, a beautiful turkish woman and like swimming in a pool and like you know drinking coconuts and at the beach and everyone was hanging out you know it's yeah. you know yeah, it's I know. not normal here no, so my what I'm trying to say here is if you're in a place where you're social distancing then the heart hug right now is not going to be as applicable um, but you can still remember it for when you do start to embrace people again um, and if you're in a place where you're not practicing social distancing or you're with family or if you're just in a place where you generally hug whether it's your partner or your brother or sister or you know a neighbor if you next you know if you go to hug someone normally if you notice you people hug people like they like kind of lean you, you like kind of lean to the left and they sort of lean to their left you lean to your left and you hug like that and so you're embracing like their their right side and the heart hug is when you make that adjustment and you put your heart to their heart so you lean to the right and they lean to the right and your hearts beat together so that's what Jake's going to be doing a lot of <laughs> at the men's retreat right a lot of heart to heart deep hugs which is something that I'm actually recommending for people in society. I know a lot of us have a tough time connecting with others, but if you're actually going to give somebody a hug, I mean, you might as well do the heart hug. I feel a difference when I do a heart hug rather than the, the other. The length other of the time. hug is up to you. Look, I'm not even telling you to go hug people. I'm not telling you to hug people or not. I'm saying if you are going to hug people anyways, you might as well give the heart hug a shot. I think the general rule for hug duration, at least in Ubud, is you don't stop the hug until the other person stops the hug. There's actually uh, still so people hugging. Go. There's been someone hugging for like six months. Have you seen that couple over at uh, Clear Cafe? They're still hugging. <laughs> it's been <laughs> six months. They're lighting. They've actually uh, become like kind of statues, and now there's uh, people lighting incense uh, by their feet. That's and... beautiful. That's wow. That's yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's it's. Yeah, it's the staff's a, like permisi. It's a permisi. We're closed. It's a we're testimonial. <laughs> they say we're closed, and the couple respond with saying, "We are always open." Oh. Yes, because their hearts are already always open. Okay. Um, no, but seriously, folks, try the heart hug. That's that's my message right now for you. Um, I encourage the heart hug as well. Yeah, I think it's I, a good one. I don't I, do it with your dog if you don't. If have a you person. like hugging people, and like I don't even like. I'm like kind of like. You're not a hugger. I'm not a anything anymore. Like, I'm kind of just, like, over, like, 
I've really established a really good relationship with God lately. Like, just really feeling connected to God. Let's talk about that. That's a good topic for the podcast. Yeah, nice, lighthearted uh, topic, God. Um, I've been kind of re-exploring my relationship with Satan. Look, it just makes you a lot less clingy, you know? It makes you, like, I think a lot of people, right, they're like, oh, like, oh, I need, like, a partner, and oh, I just need... And that leads to all sorts of things. Um, I think if you have a good, recla- really like a really good connection with sort of a higher power or nature or Satan or God or whatever, whatever the case case may be, that that sort of longing disappears and you don't really feel the urge to like that you like that need to like get something from somebody. Yeah, I would say that's true. Yeah, such as a hug, right? Like I don't feel. I don't feel as though I need to go out and hug somebody mm. or sleep with someone or any of that stuff much anymore. Mm. I still do. I mean, I just slept with some girl like two nights ago and then like a couple nights before that and a couple nights before that. I mean, I still sleep with a lot of women. <laughs> Can't do that with God. You can do it with Satan. Yeah. I would totally, I would totally sleep with like God or Satan, like I'd be open to that as long as it didn't involve anything going in my butt. Mm, you probably don't want to sleep with Satan then. Why is Satan an ass fucker? I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> really? I don't know the specifics, but I that's heard. why they call him horny. Here, it's hearsay. Horns. He's got his little hornies. Oh. Um. Yeah, and then he's fucking you in the ass forever because you're in hell. Internally, hmm. getting fucked in the ass. What a predicament. That'd be terrible. That's enough to stop me from sinning. Um, so, I think that if you have like a good connection, whatever that higher power might be, and you don't have that urge, you don't really want to hug people as much. Like, you sort of look at everyone equally, mm-hmm. and don't really see a lot of difference between any uh, humans. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really see much difference between. One human, a man and a woman, or a a person and an animal, like it all. Everyone, everything kind of just blends together, and you, you don't really have that same urge to be clingy, you know, like oh, I need to like embrace and be embraced. Um, mm. So, if the, what, when you have that, which is what I'm currently going through, I don't really want to hug anybody. However, if I was gonna hug somebody, it would be heart hug. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not telling people to go out and start hugging people. I'm not saying, like, start hugging everybody. I'm saying if you're going to hug someone anyways, go try the hard hug. Give it a shot. See how it goes. Especially if you're in a man circle, drinking plant medicine mm. in the mountains of Bali. That's true. Yes. And you've uh, been able to embrace your fear without giving you giving you anxiety, and you feel as though you're serving a higher purpose, and hmm. you're you're doing so, you know you know, inspirationally and without the, um, you know, you know, inspirationally in the moment because, uh, because you'd be curious. You'd be curious. <laughs> so uh, I think that's going to be good for you, Jake. And I, I think that, um, you know, I think that that's going to be a good experience. I think that, um, you sh- you should, you should have a, a, a good, a good time with that. And if Satan wants to come along, uh, although it doesn't say Satan's not a man or a woman, right? Satan's his own. It's different than Lucifer, though, right? Because Lucifer 
Can I tell a quick story about Lucifer? Sure. And then you can go with Satan. So Lucifer, as some of you may know that have studied Latin, uh, the word for light in Latin is luz, mm-hmm. similar in, um, in you know, Espanol and other other sort of Latin-based languages as well. It is if you're from Barcelona. If, yeah. Espanol, if you're from Barcelona. Um, yes. Um, or if you live in Abiva, if you're a DJ in Abiva. <laughs> um, so... You know, Lucifer actually means like the light being, the light giver. Light bringer. Yeah. And the story I've heard about Lucifer, the light bringer, is that, and I read this in a book. Y'all should check out this book. If you like reading, I don't know. Some people kind of still do, some people don't. It's called The Secret History of the World, I think it's called. Is it The Secret Teachings of All Ages? No, uh, an equally uh, modest title. title. Someone here? No, I just thought I saw something like that. The ghost? They say, I'm not going to say where I live in Bali exactly, but I will say the place I live in Bali, this little area that I'm at, they say is totally haunted. Like, mm-hmm. I talked to a lot of Balinese, and they're like, oh, you live in that area? You know, there's, aren't you scared of the ghosts? And I'm like, scared of the ghosts? Like, that place is haunted. So I'm starting to think lately, lately maybe like I've died and I'm a ghost. Anyways, we, anyways, the point being about Lucifer, not to get too distracted, is... uh. What I read in um, The Secret History of the World, which is interesting because it's sort of by an anonymous author. They say it's by a guy, a guy named Jonathan Black, but if you research Jonathan Black, you find out that was like a, a nom de plume, which is a pen name. So it's the pen name for somebody else, and then you research that guy, and he's got like a mysterious past. So mm-hmm. Secret History, they, they talk about how Lucifer uh, came about because a long, long time ago, <laughs> long time ago, Gods and humans dwell together on the earth harmoniously. There was gods and humans, and everyone hung out. That's where you get some of the like the tales in, in, in Hinduism about you know, you know, Ganesh and Shiva and how they were kind of like man god creatures, and um, it was all gravy. Earth was a utopia paradise, and everyone hung out and it was blissful, you know. And there was you know whatever, Garden of Edens, and it wasn't the Garden Garden of Edens people read about in the Bible, but, you know, like, it was all good. Everyone hung out. It's bliss, love. Everyone got along well. <sighs> and then there was this one angel who got cast down from the heavens. And this angel who was kicked out of heaven was, you know, not quite all lovey and bliss, blissy, and this angel, this fallen angel, basically was a trickster. And he liked to play games. And what this angel did is he would cast light or loose on inanimate objects to make those inanimate objects look alive. And by making inanimate objects animated and looking like alive, it tricked humans into giving real human emotions to those inanimate objects in the same way they would give them to humans. So instead of humans paying attention to other humans and giving other humans attention and love, they started to give attention and love to these other objects as if these other objects were actually living creatures. So, you know, people would relate that these days to like a shiny car or like fancy jewelry, or just materialism in, in gen- general, and the like, sort of the lust and greed of objects like that. And the gods on Earth 
saw humans getting basically led astray by this fallen angel that was the bringer of this, you know, special light that made, you know, inanimate objects look alive and started to take people's emotions because of that. Um, you know, the, the gods got so fed up with this that the gods left the earth and they left this fallen angel with the humans and left the humans with their attraction to these inanimate objects. And that's sort of the birth of materialism. And then, you know, this fallen angel got the name Lucifer because of what, because of what he was able to do with the light. And they say the last place on earth that the gods dwelled before they left was India. And that's why to this day, India has all of the extremisms of humanity, all the horrible, disgusting, dirty, filthy things that human beings are and do, as well as all the most amazing, glorious, beautiful things that humans are and do, right? So you have like the most beautiful golden temples in India and the most meditative people. Then you've also got like just the filth and like the one-legged lepers crawling on the one, you know, diseased arm and begging for rupees in the squalor of their own filth. So that's why, you know, that's this, the reason for that is because that's the last place the gods were on earth. So that's the story I heard about Lucifer. And my question for you is Lucifer and the devil the same thing or are they different? And if they're different, how are they different? I think it depends on who you are because, well, I'll, I'll start by answering that question by saying that your story of Lucifer is a pretty different one than the one I've heard. And there's a lot of interesting interpretations around it. You have to understand that mythologies, as they arise out of religious cultures, tend to have sort of a, a sort of, like they serve a function within the societies that they're brought up in. So the church, for example, created certain mythologies in impregnated the people with certain ideas in order to benefit from those ideas, right? So the thing with Lucifer, basically what I think the mythology of Lucifer represents is Lucifer was an individual. Lucifer basically didn't follow the demiurge. It didn't follow the authoritarian god daddy who said, you need to stand <laughs> under me. <laughs> yeah, and said... Actually, I recognize my own power, my own divinity, my own ability to basically stand within my own light, and I don't need my light to be more dim than yours. I can recognize myself as an aspect of the infinite, as an aspect of divinity, and for that he was punished. So if you look at that as a kind of sort of propaganda, as that myth is serves utility to uh, a governing power, it basically teaches people to remain under authority to not question authority, et cetera, right? Uh, I don't know. Is that, a, is, that a, is that, are you asking me? Yeah, just like, that's how I interpret it. That's my interpretation. No, well, I haven't the, read what, that in a book. So it's basically what you're saying is the, the, the Catholic Church? I don't know if it's the Catholic Church, but like whatever the, the religious dominant structure. Christian culture from which the mythology of Lucifer comes from, comes out of that. Ooh, what about the actual chronological order? I mean, is there, is, is this, 
Was this Lucifer? Well, my understanding, character? my understanding of the word Lucifer is that it means the light bringer. It was a name that was given in reference to the morning star, which is actually the planet Venus, which is the first star that arises in the night sky in a particular orientation, and that that name and that relationship to that planet existed before Christianity. Oh, so it wasn't an actual person, but the Christ, the the, the, the Christian church, the Catholic church, whatever you want to say, uh, whatever organized sort of Christian religion, then tra- translated uh, well, the I'd, morning star of Venus to be like as, an in, as a person and then told a story about why well, that if, person was bad. If you think about even that being vilified, Venus as a planet represents fertility, femininity, our connection to the natural world, to all of the traits of femininity. So, you know, sexuality, creativity, spontaneity, um, love, emotionality, all those different things. That's what Venus, the planet, represents. So Lucifer being attributed to Venus and Lucifer being vilified, it could also represent that... The vilification of the the feminine? The vilification of the feminine, exactly, yeah. I just find these things interesting to unpack and to look at these kinds of stories because there's a lot of layers of correlation. So luckily you're going to an all men's retreat because <laughs> there won't be any any women there, so you won't have to worry about. But I'll get back to your question, okay? Is is the devil and Lucifer the same thing? I don't think so. And is 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 Satan the same as the devil? I don't I don't necessarily so think so. So you think so. these are three different? Well, in the Bible, I know that there are many different names for essentially Satan. Lucifer is one of them. Um, well, if it was just Leviathan a different name, then it would be another... the same. So, so if but if it's just a different name, then it'd be the same entity. So, are you saying that it's just they're different different entities. names for the same entity, or just different entities? No, completely? I think in the biblical story, and I'm not a Bible scholar or anything like that, but from my understanding through my deep research into Wikipedia, I think that these different entities, like Leviathan, like Lucifer, like um, I don't know what the other ones are. I think Beelzebub is one of them, or something like that. Or what you about know, what you say? What was it? God Daddy? <laughs> the God Daddy. <laughs> The demiurge. Well, there's like that uh, whole demigod. There's the whole Gnostic demigod. worldview, which is that the patriarchal god that is is held as the authority within Christian religion is actually this kind of domineering, controlling figure that seeks to oppress humankind. You know, and that. Wait, wait. Are you calling man, men, uh, and the masculine controlling? You think, I, you, I, you think, you think men want to control I'm women? I'm saying that the character that the God of the Judeo-Christian Bible, or specifically the Old Testament, represents is very oppressive, very masculine, very patriarchal. I mean, dude, what do you mean? Like, yeah, it's like the original story of the creation of human beings is that, like, Adam just made made Eve from from his rib... Like ah, oh, here you go. I'll just make you know, like all the all all well, females just come from like a what a man's rib. God made Eve from Adam's rib is the story, technically. Came from, yeah, the rib, of man. Yeah, I mean I can't think of a single major religion that actually considers uh, males and females, men and women, to be equals. I mean, what? I mean. Ancient or more ancient cultures, paganism. Yeah, I'm, talking about, I'm just talking about like right now, like 2020. Like I, what, dude, what? Right, what, right now. Like yeah, like what is? I don't know. Wicca. <laughs> yeah, Wicca, Wicca, Wicca. Um, 
Wikipedia. Wikipedia. W-I-C-C-A. And, you know, people, like, I, I don't think men and women are the same. I do think men and women are equal. And I think that there's a difference. People say, oh, well, we're not, you know, there's, men and women are not the same. Like, there is different aspects. It's like, yeah, definitely. Like, obviously, men and women are different. You can be different and still be equal. You can be, right? Like, yeah. There's like, it, there are inalienable human rights that yeah, all so people are, you know. If that seems logical and that seems right, I mean, and that seems good and spiritual and all these other tenets and aspects that you would think would be part of a successful religion, then how come all of the major successful religions of our time do not consider men and we, women equal? I don't know. Even Buddhism, you know, you know, that it's like recent history that nuns within within Buddhism have the same rights that, that male Bro, monks have. Maybe. Maybe the same rights. But you know But well yeah. Bro, I used right. to live bro, I was I was studying okay. When I was five years old I studied with a female Buddhist monk in the Himalayan foothills of Nepal. When you were five years old? Yeah. Really? Well I saw the Dalai Lama on T V and I said, Mom, that's the Dalai Lama so people thought I was like a reincarnated Tibetan monk. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So I was flown to Nepal as a young child. It's, it's my earliest memory. It's my first memory as a human being on this planet is being taught Buddhism by a woman in a white robe with a little Lhasa Apsa. You know what Lhasa Apsa is? Yeah. It's like a little, like, yeah. little, dragon, little dragon dogs. Yeah. They're like, you're the cutest little dragon dog. Yeah. Anyways, I learned my, you know, I, I was taught by a woman. And it wasn't until years later when I was in Laos, which is a little country. Mm -hmm. You've been to Laos? Not yet, country. no. But I know about it. Yeah, a little country just, just south of China, north of Thailand. I traveled there by slow boat, actually, up the Mekong River um, before there was a lot of tourism there. And I hung out with some monks there. And it was only then that I learned that actually in Buddhism, you know, monks are not even allowed to touch nuns ever, like... Men mm -hmm. and women are not even allowed to touch. Right. Like, yeah, forget a freaking, forget a heart hug. Yeah. Someone just flash out there. Uh, I don't know. Forget a heart hug. Not even allowed to touch. So I don't know what recent history you're talking about in Buddhism that treats men and women equally, but I did not find any equality whatsoever in Buddhism right. at all. Right, yeah. Right. Like, none. They're yeah. not allowed to wear the same clothes. They're not allowed to interact. There's different rules. Mm. And I'm not saying this from something I read or heard. This is from me talking right. to monks at temples mm. and what they told me. And I can't even talk to the women. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was taught by women. And then I found out that it was super taboo. The fact that I was a boy being mm. taught by a woman when I was five was completely against like the 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 rules of Buddhism. So apparently I'm a bad I'm bad Buddha. Huh. So I think I got away with it cuz I I looked like when I was that young I had like long curly hair mm. and I could have been a girl or a boy. Mm. Like you wouldn't be able to tell especially if like you just wouldn't be able to tell especially if you were from a different culture or country, right? So as a white child, as a young white child in the Himalaya Mountains in an area where there was not a lot of Westerners, 
most people would probably just look and just judge my sex on the length of my hair. Hmm. So I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think I was probably basically taught by female monks, nuns, Buddhist nuns, Mm -hmm. like without permission. Like, and I think if it was found out that nun probably would have gotten in trouble or kicked out of the monastery. So I don't know what recent, I don't know a lot about it. I just, for me, when I discovered that, because I've always considered Buddhism to be very sane in regards to the major religions of the world. But when you look at that, then you're like, oh, well, they have their own you know, issues and distortions as well. Because I wouldn't expect that from Buddhism based on you know their, their sense of compassion and interconnection and all the things that come with it. Yeah, look. Yeah, you're, I agree. I, I mean, in, in general, it's a relatively sane compared to some of the other religions. Um, at the same time, it's still a masculine dominated patriarchal major religion. Yeah. And And when, when I discovered that, that was a surprise to me because of my expectations and assumptions about Buddhism. That's all I'm saying. When did you discover it just now? No, like a while ago. But when I first learned about that, that was a shock. It's still a bit, uh. Well, you like asked masculinely about, chauvinistic, just not as much as the others. Well, you just asked if there are any major world religions that aren't dominated by men and don't oppress women. And I was thinking about it and I was just mentioning that even Buddhism, which is a very sane religion compared to most world religions, in my opinion, that might offend some people. That's my opinion. What about Hinduism? What about Hinduism? I don't know. I mean... My understanding of Hinduism is that there are a lot of different kinds of Hinduism. That's my understanding of it. That like well, Hinduism is a huge massive. thing. Well, it's like a lot of different there's stuff. There's a lot of people in India. Yeah, and what? they all they all believe and practice different things. Well, it's interesting because like a lot of those gods are not male or female. They're not mass. They're not man or woman. They're just entities. Right. right. Well, I mean, some of them are though. Just some. Yeah, some of them are. But a lot of them are just like deities. Like you're like, is that a man or a woman? Like can't even tell. I know that women are, are, are like are treated pretty badly in India. So. Well. Yeah. So my, that doesn't speak, you know, oh, bro, favorably to the. Bro, my ex girlfriend was Indian. Well, she still is Indian. <laughs> she converted. <laughs> um, she's Indian, and you know we're still like she's top five best friends in the world. And she's yeah very wealthy, very successful. I mean, you know, ma- lives in a big mansion, has a bunch of servants, like deals diamonds. Um, and her parents were always trying to get her an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What do you think about arranged marriages? Because they seem uh, like they seem to work. Like they have a pretty high success yeah. rating compared to marriages in the well, West. Well, Daddy knows best. They base it so on Daddy astrology. Says, they base yeah, it on astrology. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like whatever works, right? It seems um, to work. What I know from her and her talking about like Indian men, is like her, her. You know, her parents obviously want to marry Indian men because you know a lot of wealthy Indian families are, you know, mm-hmm. quasi racist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they definitely didn't want her wearing like marrying a like a white American guy with a bunch of tattoos. Let me just tell you that. Anyways, the point being. Is they kept trying to arrange with her to marry, you know, and these Indian guys, and I was like, well, why don't you give it a shot? You know, have you thought? She's like, Aaron, I am never fucking going to date an Indian man. She's like, they Indian men treat women like shit. Hmm. It is ridiculous. And so, yeah, you're right, Jake. It's kind of fucked up. 
And, you know, like, Hinduism itself isn't really, isn't sexist, but the the people that quote-unquote follow it, a lot of them are, are pretty sexist. I mean, Indian dudes are pretty, hmm. it's pretty rough. And I'm not, you know, I'm not talking shit on India right now. Like, dude, I, I love, you know, I spent a lot of time there, you know. You know I'm not like, oh, it's terrible. Um, it's not any, it's not any better or worse than, a lot of other places. I mean, it's yeah. it's tough. I mean, yeah, it is a majorly masculine dominated world, man. I don't fucking know, dude. I guess I guess there are no religions, so I guess we should just what? Just go with Satan and is Satan is Satan sexist? No, I think I think Satanism as a kind of like organized, if you want to consider Satanism an organized religion, like Levain Satanism, it's pretty open to both men and women practicing equally. There's no, is there a difference? As far as I know, no. But I, I don't know that much about so, it. So, uh, there you go. Um, if you maybe want, Satanism's the most equal. Satanism for, but, uh, if you believe in equal rights. Yeah, but Satanism really is about individualism. You know, Satanism is a rejection of being force-fed any kind of belief system to basically establish your own, you know, to work out your... your Which is essentially why the church had, for itself. had an issue with it. I mean, the church has an issue with, you know, the Satanic, and when Satanism was founded, they adopted that name to be purposefully controversial and provocative. So... Like, they wanted to fuck with the church, you know? They want, They were pissed off because they had felt repressed by Christianity. They're, it was founded by people that felt oppressed by the families they came from, from the cultures they came from, being brought up in a Christian world, you know? And everything that came with that. So it was basically like a rebellious answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that like, makes it that I think it sounds like you're it's sort of that's sort of like sort of like discarding Satanism a little bit because it sounds like it just was created as an answer to the church. Well, uh, you know, Satan is a Christian concept, isn't it? Like Satan is an aspect of Christianity. But Luciferianism is not. I don't. I don't know the distinction between Satanism and Luciferianism. Should we get a Ouija board out and ask? <laughs> ask the Ouija board. What about Wikipedia? What's that? Oh, that's a good little message. Um, Jesus, I got so many. I got so many messages. This one's from there was a the Russian there was a Russian ballet. Yeah, at a uh, park space. Right. Yeah, but it was canceled because the ballerina hurt her ankle or something. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah. I was there for the rehearsal the night before. It was lovely. Yeah, so the composer, who's this lovely Australian man. Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, I know Jackson. Buddy. Um, I made an album cover for him once. Him and Daniel basically produced the, the play, and I met these guys because I was doing a tea ceremony with them. And somebody that was there that wanted me to read read them a poem, and I read them a poem, and they had me actually author the narrative for the play, and they've both messaged me now, and they want to get together with me. And I got another message from my homie Max. He's coming over doing a podcast after this podcast. We're doing another podcast, round two. You should stick around for it. 
Is it going to be a, a threefer? Like all three threesome. of us on it? Do you um, have a third mic? Well, yeah. Oh, actually, you do, yeah. we, we do have a third mic. Um, you know what's interesting? Like, <sighs> the interesting thing about podcasts is like, this is like, this is the last bastion of, like, un, of, of non-censored content. Like, this is really mm-hmm. the only place yeah. you can talk about Satanism and, you know, weird homosexual acts and, you know, uh, we didn't politics. Really, we didn't really talk about weird homosexual acts. No, no. Well, no. No, I figured... You That's know, the I, topic for your podcast I didn't, later. I didn't want to lead... You know, you're already going to the man group. We'd already talked about, um, uh, uh, mas- you know, like, glute massages, you know? <laughs> now, like, one thing's for certain, though. There's definitely a relationship between Satanism and weird homosexual acts. That sounds like the church talking. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not, not the church. How do you know? Did Satan tell you? <laughs> I've read about it. You read... Wait, are you okay... <laughs> You're saying that homosexuality is the work of Satan? No, that's not what I'm saying. You can be a, a Christian and be homosexual. But you're saying there's a, a strong relationship between homosexual acts and Luciferianism. Um, there is a precedent for the ritualization of sexuality in regards to both both hetero, homosexual, and bisexual people within Satanism and within you know, the occult in general. There's a precedent. There's a pre- there have been practicing Satanists who use s- homosexual sex ritualistically to try to achieve certain states outcomes, of being. States of being, yeah. So, on a podcast, you can talk about that. You can talk about that. Yeah, it's true. And you somebody know, out there is listening to this. That's the fascinating thing. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> There's going to be know. at least one. Well, so what? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So. I'm trying to design this podcast where people can call in somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that. Right, but it's I gave like, you my ideas. how do you, how 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 can you do that? Because you have to record I told a podcast. You, I told you how you do it. We have to live stream. Yeah, you live stream it. You Which put it through sucks. Zoom. They have the call in number. They can call in. That's how you do it. So you'd have to live stream it on something like Instagram. No, you can do it through Twitch through Zoom. And those are not censored platforms? Nope. Not as far as I know. Because that's what I was saying. Is that that's the thing I really like about Like I can sit here and say, oh, the election is rigged and uh, Joe Biden's a pedophile and Donald Trump's a Nazi and uh, coronavirus is a hoax and uh, 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 Satanists are a bunch of ass fucking homos and I hate gay people. Like, and you can't censor it. Those are not all, those are not my opinions. Obviously, that's just an example. It's just I appreciate the freedom, you know, just as much as I would like the freedom to say, you know, uh, we're all beings of light, and everyone should love everyone equally, and there shouldn't be any war, and you know, I don't believe in any aggression upon anyone for any reason whatsoever at all, and it's all love. Mm-hmm. Like both, the, you should be able to say whatever you want. And the problem is, you know, like I just I, like. You know, I had my Instagram account disabled for no freaking reason. And then I posted something today. I was telling you when you got over here, when you have, you know, when you got to my room, 
you know, you're on the balcony upstairs having a cook, and I was saying how I try to post something today about, you know, people, you know, remind people just to meditate and not overreact and, you know, breathe and not do anything crazy. Mm, yep. And because I did hashtag Antifa and hashtag Proud Boys and hashtag Election 2020, it was censored. Mm, and that's yeah. crazy. And I don't want to be on a platform like that. I want – here's what I want. If you and me have a conversation and we put it out there, I don't want anyone to be able to stop it. I want to be able to be out there. People can listen to it or people can not listen to it. But it's a stamp in time. It's a moment of our collective ha- humanity that's embodied and like put in like a little audio capsule and shot out there into the internet. Mm-hmm. Uncensored. And that's what I appreciate about it. So that's why I'm doing them. And it would be epic to have a way for people to be able to call in. And if Twitch and uh, – well, Zoom, I don't want to do Zoom because Zoom is basically audio. It's basically video, right? No, you can do just audio with Zoom. But you can't really advertise on Zoom. Like, you can't be like, oh, I'm live on Zoom right now. Like, how do you, how do you spread that? You, you can stream your Zoom conversation through Twitch. It's what a lot of DJs do for their live performances. So, so Twitch is the jam. Twitch was made, I think, I don't know, but I think it was made for people to show, like, video games, like, serious video gamers, and they would all tune in but to you watch it. show, them. you could show your breast and if you wanted to. I think so. No, I, I don't want, here's what I want. No censorship. Yeah. Censorship is bullshit. Censorship is fucking bullshit, bro. Yeah. Like, I want people to be able to call up and talk to me and whoever, and you, if you're here, and whoever else here. And say whatever they want. Yeah, I want bro. you to be able to talk about Satan just as much as I want someone to be able to talk about Jesus. Just as much as I want someone to be able to talk about Muhammad. Just as much as I want someone to be able to talk about Buddha. Right. Or about freaking Leonardo DiCaprio. Or about the lizard people. Or whatever the heck else people want to talk about. Right. We need to be able to feel comfortable and okay. And embrace the four <laughs> hardest rules. Of being able to have fear without anxiety, be able to, to be serving a higher purpose, be able to be in the moment, and be able to ask questions and be curious without yeah. having to worry about any sort of censorship. And that's what I like about podcasts, and that's why I'm doing it. So that's it. That's that. There's no there's no other thing. And that's why I'm here, and that's why you're here, and that's why I'm doing it. So if we can get away, and if that's through Twitch. I think it might be. I would look into that. I think it would work for for what you're trying to do. You put it through Zoom. There's like a call-in number you can call in. As far as I know, it's Call in right now, 1-800-666-SATAN-LOVES-YOU. <laughs> and you can speak to us live. Um, and then I'm up- not a Satanist, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but see, see, still, still... I'm just an iconoclast. What does that mean? Like, I don't... Like, I don't really fit into any particular... Like, like I'm not an adherent to any, any, any box, s- any box or system. So yet. you basically fit into the box of people that don't fit into a box. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We'll <laughs> classify him as one of those unclassifiables. <laughs> what do they call that? The non, a non-zero, the non-zero variable. I don't know. I've never heard yeah, that yeah. before. It's that like when something like with mathematical equations, like certain scientific th- things where it's like everything's figured out, but there's like this little part that's like non-zero like it's not zero like there's something there but no one can knows how to define it exactly they have mm-hmm. to add that to the equation because it's not it's it can't be ex, you know yeah that's me, not bro. definitive that's me. i'm the non-zero 
Is that going to be your um your brother name at the <laughs> at the at the at the gathering this weekend? How many days is it? Three days. That's solid, dude. It's in a beautiful place. Dude, like you're making Bali, fun of it. So this is a fucking gorgeous place. No, I'm not making. And and hey. I'm buddies with the guy that organized it. I'm mostly doing it to support him. That's my higher power. Did you, did I'm going to support him. I'm gonna pay money for it. Yeah, I'm gonna support him in his to retreat. Say how much? It's not a lot of money. It's like 200 bucks. It's not a lot of money. It's a lot of rupiah. It's a lot of rupiah. That's 3 million. Yeah, but for like a, staying, in a, staying in a nice retreat center for three nights, it's not included. a lot of money. With everything included, yeah, it's not a lot. I mean, if you can afford it. You got like a personal chef. I do have a personal chef. Jake's balling. It's Bali. It's Bali. Bali-in. Bali-in. He's Bali-in. Bali's the it's only term- place that could be balling, though. Go anywhere else in the world and not balling. Dude, it's so good here. It's ridiculous, I asked Jake when he came over, I was like, I was kind of like a little stressed about the election because, you know, back in America, no one knows who's president. I was like, Jake, what do you think? He's like, I have no idea. He's like, I didn't even know. I don't know. It's <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. I was like, whoa. Like, it really doesn't. Like, unless you, like, get on your phone and, like, turn on the screen and start looking at news, like, you don't notice. Like, nothing changes here. It's like, it's pretty beautiful. Like, we're pretty isolated here. Yeah. It's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, even being here the entire time through the lockdown and the whole coronavirus thing, it's barely changed. You're never going to leave. It's not... I have no intention to leave at, at all. this point. How's right your now. house? It's awesome. I fucking love it. How's your girlfriend? She's good. Oh, you should tell people what happened. Uh, I don't want to scare people off from no, no, living you, in Bali. It's a really no, no. isolated it, event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was staying at my girlfriend's house, and there was a mentally disabled man that broke into her house in the middle of the night. And if I and I was there and had to basically, you know, push him out of the house, apprehend him. Bro, you're leaving a lot of juicy details. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just giving people the gist, giving people the gist. Yeah, the gist is just some dude showed up and you apprehended him. That's the gist. That's the gist. But like, how did he get there? Who was he? How'd you apprehend we him? We don't know. Okay. Well, actually, the story is that this creepy guy had showed up in her house like once before, and she kind of like shoot him out and didn't think anything of it. She called the landlord. She was a little freaked out. He's like, oh, we'll take care of it. So that's like weeks and weeks before this happened. And then there was this one night where we I was staying over at her house. We're sleeping. It's like four in the morning, and we see this black shadow of a man move around the bed, essentially. And this guy starts like climbing onto the bed. She wakes up. She fucking screams. And then I freak out, of course. It's terrifying, dude. Like, have you ever had anything like that happen before? Fuck yeah. Really? Yeah. You've had that happen before? Where were you? Bro, do you want me to, do you want me to interrupt your story with yeah. my story? Yeah, tell, tell your story. I want to hear dude, You've heard Real talk stories. Everyone's got a story. We've got stories on stories. We've got stories in stories. We've got stories next to stories. We've got stories with stories. So this is a little story within a story, like a dream within a dream. Um, well, I've had a few, but the one that comes directly to my mind is... I was in Thailand with a girlfriend. We were in, I think, Chiang Mai. And I'm a really light sleeper, man. Mm. I am not the guy to try to sneak up on in the middle of the night. Mm. My shit is like, I am, I am ready all the time. Um, and so we were laying in bed, and I like woke up. I heard something. Eyes wide awake. Home, my, my, my girl, was she, she was still passed out. You know, She was like a normal person that likes to sleep. So I woke up, and I looked at the door, and I saw the door handle starting to turn. 
like, you know, like someone was turning from the outside. I could see on the inside starting to like open. So I jumped out of bed and I, I sleep completely naked. That's just, I can't sleep with any clothes on. It's just like, so I jumped out of bed completely naked and, you know, I practice martial arts. I f- love martial arts. I think everyone should practice some martial arts. I think it's great for a lot of reasons. So I jumped out, jumped up and got in a left foot leading uh, fighter stance. Cause you know, I was in a little room and you know, my girl was sleeping on the bed and I wasn't going to, you know, jump out the window and abandon her nor, you know, I was like, it was like, okay, well we're going to just fucking on. Right. I you're, you're making me feel inspired about my story. Like I should frame it in such a way that makes me like, yeah, I was the hero. Fucking defended no, my no, woman. No, 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 no. I defended a, my woman. No, no, so, no, no hero. No so I jumped out completely naked in the fighter stance. Whoo! Right. And you kind of, when you find your stance, you want to be like kind of light on your toes, but also like sort of crouched down and grounded. And I was ready, you know, the door was going to open and I was going to fucking go right for the throat. And the door opens and then the other side is what looked like a Thai guy wearing all black, like a fucking ninja with no, with no, you know, black, black boots, black pants, black long sleeve shirt, black gloves, black ski mask with just like the eye slits. Wow. And he opened the door, and I wasn't even fucking scared because I was, I, I was, you know. Well, you were like prepared. I was embracing the fear without the anxiety. Yeah. Like lesson number I one. I didn't feel afraid either, but it's like the adrenaline pumps through you so, and the, your instincts kick in. Yeah, so this guy saw me, and I don't think he was expecting to see that. <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't think he was expecting to see like some <laughs> naked white dude in a fighting like crouched down like crouching tiger fighting stance ready to <laughs> fucking go for the guy's you know ready to go for his jugular. So he took one look at me and ran. <laughs> and this guy was like literally, I mean, I say ninja loosely, I'm using the word loosely. But dude was a ninja. Like he ran down the hallway, jumped over like the balcony, like the end of the hallway. Off the off the second story, onto into like the parking lot, scaled the fence, looped over the barbed wire and ran off. Wow, like dude, respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's I've had something similar. Okay. Um, but like, wasn't the guy didn't get to the bed? He didn't make it to the bed. It was the crazy thing is just like how did we not like neither of us heard anything until the guy was already completely in the room, you know? Yeah. So tell the story this time without asking me a question that interrupts the flow of the story from start to finish. I'm gonna send a message to my homie who needs directions who's coming over. So I want you to tell the story for everyone that's listening out there directly. You guys ready? Here's the story. <laughs> it's called Jake and the Psycho. Well, there I was. A snuggled abreast, my beautiful girlfriend, both of us naked and caressed within the folds of our luxurious Balinese bed, comfortably slumbering, dreaming of what was to come for the next day, relaxed and oblivious to the dangers that lurked just beyond the confines of our dormitory. Is that a good start? That's a good start. That's a good start. Yeah, I mean, just tell. Yeah, I mean, what? Like, fucking just. I'm just, just fucking around. Just sum it up, man. I feel like there's a lot of you know, there's pressure. I gotta do a good job telling the story. 
What do you mean? So, so oh, there we were. Crazy story. There it just were. happened like last week, right? I got back. No, it's like three weeks ago now, but still, yeah, it's recent. Jake had to take like a week off from the world to kind of decompress from it. Well, I wanted to take a week off from the world anyway. It gave me a nice excuse to go do that. <laughs> like I was already like, planning you know, on like, that before that even happened. You're already like off from the world because you live in Bali, so you had to take like an extra. Like it was more off. Yep. Yeah. It was yeah, even yeah, off. It was like a. a yeah. It was a, a dream within a dream, a vacation within a vacation, a holiday within dude, a holiday. Dude, I, I work constantly. It's not like a vacation. All right, like tell this fucking story, dude. Right. Stop with the foreplay. Just put it in already, Jake. Well, I woke up to my girlfriend screaming, like like terrified screaming, uh, and look around the bed, and there's this black shadow of a man moving around the bed. I mean, it's pitch black. It's the middle of the night, and he's like trying to climb onto the bed. So basically, yeah, we're both naked. I leap out of bed. And just, uh, I don't know, like, what happened. It all happened very, very quickly. Like, she's screaming. Like, I basically grab the guy by, like, the back of his neck and, like, grab him, like, his his shoulders and his arms and, like, put him behind him and just kind of, like, we I basically ran with her towards the door and basically, like, threw him out, you know? And that's basically what happened. Then she was all flipped out about it and ended up, like, calling the landlord. Like, two minutes later, the police get there. The the bonjar it's not really the police you know but like the local community police and we're just like oh we take care of it now and then it was like they found the guy supposedly they put him into a mental hospital she was super traumatized shaken by it you know and like the rest of the night i basically spent trying to console her and calm her down and you know convincing her that it was safe to go back to sleep and stuff like that then she like got the fuck out of there the next day and never went back to that house because she felt very unsafe there yeah, Bali is super tribal. So for those of you who don't know, the Bonjar is like the local tribal. Yeah, they have like a community watch service is essentially their police. Like there's not really police that's in the really way. a really mild way to put it. The community watch service. Well, that's what it is. They're from people within the community. Yeah. That's not their full-time job. They're also whatever they do. Yeah. But they happen to participate as that. So it's basically like organized, uh, or organized like protection for the people within the community or anything that happens, they respond to it. Right. Yeah. And every single community, these little villages, they have their own governance. They have their own bonjar. And yeah, so you don't like call There's no like calling emergency help services. Like it's like the little, the groups come through and then they sort it all out. I think that does exist because I have seen police. Like I've seen police police, right? Like Indonesian government police. That's a thing. But for the most part, the bonjar just yeah. control their areas. Which and is that's pretty it. cool. It is but cool. But it also, I mean, you're also kind of on your own. You need to deal with stuff. Totally. I told I told Jake we're gonna get some some uh, we gotta get some jujitsu. We gotta get Jake on the jujitsu. If I ever want to get on the Joe Rogan podcast, I gotta get my jujitsu. Oh, <laughs> old Joe, old Joey Rowe. You know, I saw Joe. Um, you told me. Yeah, right. It was like my last day in Los Angeles, actually. I hear if you rub his bald head, it's like really good luck. It's Buddha. Yeah, like it's yeah, like he's he's Buddha for the the podcast. It's like world. twenty years of amazing luck if you rub his head. Well, I don't know about luck, but it certainly feels good. <laughs> I totally like if I saw him in a man's group. <laughs> like you know, like just I'd be open, you know what I mean? But not you know, in, in intimacy without sexuality. Bro, I was already like on the fence about this men's thing and like you've really made me question my decision. No, but bro, I haven't put any money bro, down yet though, so no, there's still time dude, for me don't to Don't let my, my like 
you know, passive. But you're like, like the voice homophobic. of my. You're like the voice of my, all of my resistance. Basically, you're having the same. Dude. Love over fear. Love over fear. Don't let fear control you. Liberate yourself and be with your brethren. <laughs> what? And remember, it's only gay if you push back. I actually have no. I don't know why I say that. It's like something like my kind of like non-gay gay friend. I don't know. I think it's like something to do with ass sex, but I'm not sure. If you push back, it's only gay if you push back. I think if you just take it, it's not gay. I have no idea. You know what? I'll ask my friend. He's going to be on the podcast. It's an actor friend of mine back in Hollywood. He's like a B-list celebrity. Like, he's like one of those guys that <laughs> thinks he's more famous than he is. He's like a B-list celebrity. Yeah, like <laughs> that's how on, you said it. He's one of those people. It's like celebrity. he's a really good friend of mine. Like he's a really good friend of mine. Like he's really from. It's just you know nobody really makes it in Hollywood. Everybody in Hollywood's a B-list celebrity. Okay. No, you gotta be at least a little bit gay, even if you're not gay in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Uh huh. You gotta yeah. be like. Yeah, at least play pansy every now and then, you know. I mean, you don't have to bend over and take in the ass, but you got to at least, you know, hey, how the, go hang out with the boys, you know. So I want to bring him on the podcast. And he actually, yeah, he's like, you know, be listed. It's like, oh, you like, you recognize him? You're like, oh, I've seen that guy somewhere, but you don't know where. And you don't know his name. You're just like, oh, I've seen him on a show or in some film, you know, film. Or, he's one of those guys. And he used to always say that. Oh, it's only gay if you push back. And I was always like, huh. Oh. I never knew what I mean, but it like stuck with me. Hmm. So that's... You should ask him. So just remember that when you go to this retreat. <laughs> <laughs> it's only gay if you push back. Um, no, but I, I think you'll enjoy it. Don't. I, it sounds actually beautiful, and I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just making fun. It's going to be beautiful, man, and it's been a while since I've done you, like a ceremony like that also. Yeah, you, you definitely know? do seem a little bit feminine sometimes. I'm an artist. Yes. That's my excuse. <laughs> oh, he's I not gay. He's not gay. He's an artist. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thank you, uh, non-gay artist Jake. Uh, <laughs> it's been real. Um, do you wanna? Uh, do you wanna take a? I just wanna. I just wanna like take a break. I just wanna go pee and and, and refill nice. my um. We're getting my little drinky drink. And it's go. Uh, it's better than my, I, I think my buddy is like. I don't know. He said he was on the way, but then he said it was raining. Is it raining? I don't think so. This doesn't seem to be raining. It's not raining. Not raining here. The rest of this podcast will be you reciting your messages word for word on your. All of my phone. messages. All of your text messages. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be like, uh, no. Sup. Like, <laughs> How's it going? Are you coming through? I'm a little busy on the middle of a podcast. Um, You're a no. caller. You like phone calls. You're like a live caller. I feel like those are, like, you're part of an old, it's like an endangered species. Why, because everyone texts? Yeah, like, nobody does that anymore. I appreciate Dude, people it. People don't even look each other in the freaking eyes anymore, people. Well, those in our humanity here. My dad's a caller, too. He'll just call me. Tell him, he, your dad, give me a call sometime. I bet he'd, he'd like that. Tell Pops, give me a call. I'm available. All right. I'm no problem. You callers need to stick together. Hey, you know what? Actually, if anyone's dad wants to call me. <laughs> if you're out there, if you've got a dad or you are a dad. What's your phone number? Now's the time to give it out. 
Uh, <laughs> my phone number is actually 666. Actually, it is 666. Oh. Did you know that? Look at my WhatsApp number. I'll check it. It's 1707666. I'm not going to oh, say the last four. We do need to get a phone number for this podcast so that people can call up. So, so basically, <laughs> I want to be able to put it out and people to listen to it at their leisure because no one wants to, like... I got to pee. I got to pee. Okay, so, um, cool. Hey, it's cool. We'll, we'll wait for you right here in silence. I'm just kidding. Uh, we might be back. Moment we might silence. not. Moment we're going to stop the podcast. You can pause the recording and we're then gonna delete it if you wanted to edit We're going to pause and out. delete. Just kidding. No, this is staying. We're unedited. This is the whole point of a podcast. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. And then I, I would say we could sit here and stare at each other in awkward silence, but I don't think that would be very effective. While I listening. pee? <laughs> That's awkward. Um, all right, Jake, we're probably going to come back. We might not come back. If we don't come back, is there anything you want to say? Jay Cobran, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's Jay Cobran. All right. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Peace and love.